You're listening to the Faith Roots Audio Podcast with Pastor Willie George. You can watch the full video version of this episode and join the conversation with your comments on the Faith Roots YouTube channel. Simply search Faith Roots on YouTube and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Now, here's Pastor Willie George with today's message. Hello, I'm Willie George. I want to welcome you to a brand new series of our Faith Roots podcast. We're talking about how to know God. I'm calling this Knowing God Intimately. And uh, I want to turn your attention to the book of John, the 14th chapter, and we're going to begin reading with the very first verse. And it's just before Christ left the disciples. Uh, In fact, John's book is totally different because the other Gospels cover pretty much the whole of Jesus' three-and-a-half-year period. John focuses more on the end and the things that Christ was revealing at the end. That's not to say he didn't get any of the beginning, but most of what he talks about in his gospel is the end just before Jesus died, was resurrected, and ascended back to heaven. So let's look at John 14. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. Now, why would Jesus say something like that? Why would he ask them to believe in him when he is there present with them and they obviously see him and they have great confidence in him? So why is he saying, you believe in the Father, so believe in me? He's telling them that their belief relationship with him is about to change. They believe in God whom they cannot see, and he is preparing them for a new phase of their relationship because he will be with them, but they won't be able to see him. And so when he says, you believe in the Father, you believe in God, believe also in me, that's what he's talking about. He said, in my Father's house are many mansions or dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also, and where I go you know, and the way you know. Now, uh, this earthly ministry of Jesus, him being on the earth for the time that he was, the 33 years uh, that he lived here, but particularly the three and a half years of his ministry, That was a transition, and it was a transition that tied two covenants together. And actually, Jesus ministered as a prophet under the old covenant. He was also an apostle and a a pastor and a teacher. He was definitely an evangelist. I can give you scriptures for all of those things. Uh, But uh, what I want you to see is he was a transition between the Old Testament under the law. He was made under the law. The scripture says he was born under the jurisdiction of the law of Moses. He perfectly fulfilled the law, and then he became the sacrifice that the law had pointed to. Now, here's what uh, Colossians chapter 2, verses 16 and 17 tell us. And these are a couple of the most uh, important passages in all of Paul's writings. So let no one judge you in food or drink or regarding a festival or a new moon or Sabbaths. Now, he's talking here about don't let anyone judge you according to the law of Moses. Now, we still 
have some responsibilities of what we drink. The New Testament tells us that. Let, uh, be not drunk with wine, for instance, in Ephesians, uh, Paul says. And we're certainly not to eat meat that is loaded with blood. Uh, that was given in the book of Acts. So there is a time when we do have some restriction. But this is particularly talking about the Old Testament law and its dietary laws. Let no one judge you in food or in drink or regarding a festival or a new moon or a Sabbath. And I know a lot of people today love to go back and, and uh, celebrate the Old Testament holidays and uh, observe them, and they do have a lot to teach. But you, as a New Testament believer, are not obligated to do those things. You are not under any order to do that. That's why Paul said, let no man judge you even regarding a Sabbath or holy days. And that doesn't mean you shouldn't keep a Sabbath. You should. But the Scripture says these things are a shadow of things to come, but the substance or the body is of Christ. Now, anything that is substantial, that is solid, if it is coming to us from a source of light, it will cast a shadow, and the shadow comes and arrives before the substance does. And so that's exactly what Paul was trying to say to us here. He is saying that the Old Testament law was a shadow of the coming Christ. Now you could see some things about Christ with the shadow. When you see someone's shadow coming, sometimes you can tell exactly who it is because the shadow may be very accurate. It may not be that distorted. Or you can maybe see something in the way the person is built or maybe in the way that they walk and move. You can see something that's very familiar. Well, the law was a shadow of the coming Messiah. It was given as a picture of the Messiah, and it came and arrived before he got here. He is the substance. Now, this is where a lot of people get into trouble. There are even people, we've, I've seen them, I know of them, that have gone back to keeping the law. And, and you think, well, that's ridiculous. It is ridiculous because we have the fulfillment of the law. The law was a picture. Now, when I was young and was dating Deliva, my wife, and went off to Bible school, I carried her picture with me. I took it with me because I couldn't see her. And every now and then I would pull it out and look at it and gaze at it and wish that I was with her. But I got to tell you this, it would have been stupid, absolutely stupid, for me to go home, have a date with her, and pull the picture out and stare at it. And that's exactly what some New Testament believers do when they want to go back and keep all of the law. They're kissing the picture. And so you do see people who fall under some of these Old Testament teachings and they get legalistic. And, and the whole thing is designed to divide the body of uh, Christ. We are under the age of grace, not the age of the law. So the Old Testament was made for natural men, not for spiritual men. Christ's departure was absolutely necessary so that the New Testament could be implemented. Now listen to what he said, John 14, 2. He said, I go to prepare a place for you. Now when most people read that, they automatically think of the house that they're going to live in in heaven. Jesus is going to get my mansion ready. 
that is a part of it, no doubt about it. But there's something that's even more significant. They did not fully get it. They didn't understand it until after the Apostle Paul brought it to the church by revelation. And he taught them about something extremely important that made all the difference in the world. Now listen to me carefully. When Adam sinned, he sinned one time and he lost everything over one sin. It was an egregious sin. It was a serious sin, but he lost it all. What I want you to see is in the New Testament age, we may sin, but we do not lose it all. Why? It is because we have someone seated at the right hand of the Father interceding for us. In the book of Job, there is a lament, and it is, Oh, that there were a daysman between us. And what that means is, Oh, that there was an umpire or a mediator between us. And in the book of Job, it says that there was no God-man mediator between humans and God the Holy One. And so Jesus went to heaven not just as the Son of God, and this is important. Was He the Son of God? Absolutely, 100%. But He was also fully man, and that's the mystery of the Christ. He was 100% God and 100% man. Sometimes people say He was half God, half man. That's not so. He was 100% God, 100% men. So He was a total man, and He was totally God. Now, here's how I want you to see this. When Christ went back to take his seat in the heavens, he did not go there just as the Son of God. He went there as a man. There is a man sitting at the right hand of the Father right now. And because that man is sitting at the right hand of the Father, you and I have a place at the right hand of the Father, meaning that we have great authority and influence with God, which was given to us by Christ through His identification with the human race. Now let me read to you. From the book of Ephesians, chapter 1, verses 20 through 23. He, God, raised Jesus from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. For above all principality, power, and might, and dominion, every name that is named not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who feels all in all. Coney Beer says it like this, the fullness of him who feels all things everywhere with himself, 20th century New Testament, and is filled by him who feels all things everywhere with his presence. Weymouth, the completeness of him who everywhere fills the universe with himself. Phillips, and in that body lives fully the one who fills the whole universe. When Adam sinned, he separated not only the human race from God the Father, he separated the earth from God the Father because the, gen, the, the, the dominion of the earth was given to Adam. And when Adam sinned, he brought the curse on the world. And 
when Jesus talks about the Holy Spirit, he says, and when he, the Spirit of truth, is come, meaning that the Holy Spirit was not present in the earth after the fall like he is today in the New Testament church. No wonder those believers heard a rushing mighty wind. No wonder they saw tongues of fire. No wonder there was something amazingly significant. Because when Christ came and paid the penalty to remove the sin of all mankind, he removed all the barriers and impediments for God's Spirit to move and work in people and to live in us. And we have been raised with Christ because He is seated at God's right hand. We are seated at God's right hand. Let that sink into you. That is a place of great, great, great influence. And we have influence with God because of what Jesus did. I'll see you tomorrow. Don't you dare miss the next lesson. I want to thank you for watching our podcast today. And if you really liked it, would you please give us a little thumbs up by clicking on that sign down below. And then I would encourage you to subscribe to our channel so you don't miss any of our future podcasts because they're all going to be good. And if you would like to support us financially, either with a one-time gift or recurring gift, you can do that by clicking on the link below or going to myfaithroots.com. Thank you so much for watching this program. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Ratings and reviews help us reach more people. So take a moment to leave a review on your podcast app and consider sharing an episode with a friend or family member that needs to be built up and encouraged in the Lord today. Thank you for listening.